You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 72 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members-only subscription tier on VersusMikeHistory.com. What is the happiest you've been as a professional? I don't even I don't even like to use the word happiness. That's just a fleeting feeling. It can just go so up and down. I don't want to chase that feeling. It's just not a, a efficient way for me to live. I feel like just having peace and and really uh, simply just enjoying being alive every day is the best place for me to be. You know, I don't want to be happy and sad. Like I don't even want to have to go through that. I just want to just kind of float through life. I experience so much. I just want to take on every experience for what it is and enjoy it in a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to chase happiness, you know? So I just try to stay even. I respect that. Peace, family. Welcome back to another episode of Versus Mike History. This is number 72. Um, I hope everybody's out there staying safe and um, enjoying the last bit of summer that we have to ourselves. Um, it's been it's been an interesting past couple of weeks. And I say that because uh, like over here on the East Coast, it's been like raining every other day. Um, certainly feels like every weekend, um, summer jam just passed and, you know, it got caught with the, with the rain curse that it's been plagued with for years now. Um, it's been a weird week with crate gate going on. Uh, you know, the feds is flooding the hood with crates. I don't know what's going on, but, (laughs) uh, social media is wild right now. And, of course, uh, everything that surrounded that uh, now infamous race with Sha'Carri Richardson. Uh, Yeah, you know, um, it's a lot going on. But, like I said, we're going to go ahead and get into the episode now. So, as always, you know, we got to lead with love. And, of course, I want to start by giving a shout out to the homies, uh, the Liddy Boys, they uh hosted their first pop-up this past weekend uh selling off some new merch that they've come up with and um unfortunately i wasn't able to attend but i did see uh all the footage from the event and it uh looked like a lot of people showed up and showed love and cop some merch and you know um you know really got together to show support for the for the homies so shout out to them and we're going ahead to Go ahead and uh, keep it moving. So for this week's Black Spotlight, I have here Lindsay Davis. Uh, she makes history as the first African-American to earn a Ph.D. in chemistry at the University of Arlington. I'm getting this from Afrotech. Graduate researcher Lindsay Davis made history as the first African-American student to earn a Ph.D. in chemistry at the University of Texas at Arlington, UTA, according to a press release. It feels good to be a trailblazer. To be a trailblazer, Lindsay Davis shared in a UTA press release, I am proud to set an example for underrepresented minorities who dream of using their STEM talents to make the world a better place. 
Davis's involvement in STEM research centers on treatments for tuberculosis and infectious disease commonly impacting the lungs. Shout out to this black woman for trailblazing at the University of Texas in Arlington. Uh, it is an amazing thing that, uh, you know, we're earning PhDs and, um, you know, I always say how we shouldn't be the first black people to do anything in 2021. But nonetheless, the people who reach these heights and these achievements definitely deserve to be recognized. And that's why I always take the time out to uh, recognize them. So shout out to Lindsay and um, shout out to her research on tuberculosis. Also, you know, it's a serious issue. So, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Okay, let's go ahead and get so. Okay, let's get into this week's topics. Okay, let's get ahead. Okay, let's get into this week's topics with some not so new news in Tunji Balagoon being headed to Def Jam Recordings as Chairman CEO. And I'm getting this from Variety, so bear with me. Uh, Tunji Balagoon, RCA's Executive Vice President of A&R, is headed to Def Jam Recordings as Chairman and CEO. Uh, his start date is January 1st, 2022, Def Jam says. At RCA, which Balagoon joined in 2015 following seven and a half years at Interscope, the A&R exec was involved with signing Khalid Brockhampton, Normani via Psycho, and Bryson Tiller. In 2018, Balagoon co-founded the label Keep Cool, a joint venture with RCA alongside Courtney Stewart, John Tanners, and Jared Sherman. He was elevated to EVP that same year. Um... Def Jam has been run by interim chairman and CEO Jeffrey Harleston, who serves as general counsel um, and executive VP of business and legal affairs at Universal Music Group. Um, Balagoon's hiring comes on the heels of Def Jam naming promotion veteran Nick Farag, executive vice president and general manager. Also joining Def Jam team is rapper Snoop Dogg, who serves as executive creator and strategic consultant it was announced in june shout out to tunji balagoon um so obviously you heard the names that i uh i named off of that he uh was involved in signing over at rca normani khalid brockhampton etc uh so it makes sense that uh they would bring in talent such as such as such as him um i think it's very dope I think that Def Jam for a very long time has needed a revamping of talent um, in terms of their front office talent, not necessarily their musical talent. And, um, you know, somebody that's more artist centric and artist focused and the artists that he's been involved with are still very prevalent and um, popular today. So shout out to him and let's go ahead and move on. And moving on, I got some more news here about Angela Bassett, how she's poised to become the highest paid woman of color in broadcast television history with new 911 rays. And I'm getting this from Shadow and Act, so bear with me. Fox's hit procedural 911 makes history with Angela Bassett's pay raise. Deadline reports that Angela Bassett, who headlines the series, has had her episodic salary raised to above $450,000 an episode for next season. The number is thought to be the highest amount ever given to an actress of color on broadcast television, 
Her bump is in her bump in pay includes not just the work she's put in as the series lead, but also as the executive producer of 911 and its spinoff 911 Lone Star. She also helped develop 911, which, as Deadline reports, was a project Ryan Murphy created specifically for her. The rest of Bassett's castmates have also received 25% raises for the upcoming season based on their previous pay, including Bassett's co-star Peter Krause, who is set to receive around $300,000 per episode. Jennifer Love Hewitt is also set to receive a similar or near similar amount with the remaining cast, including Asia uh, Asia Hines or Aisha Hines, Kenneth Choi, uh, Oliver Starr, Ryan Guzman, Rockman Dunbar receiving $80,000 $80,000 an episode. The number will increase to $100,000 once the series heads into its sixth season. Shout out to Angela Bassett for securing a bag above $450,000 per episode is absolutely insane. So, And she also managed to secure the bag for her castmates as well, which is something that, you know, everybody wouldn't go out of their way to do. Shout out to that black woman. Shout out to her for making history. And let's keep it pushing. Okay, so I have more news here about how Janae Smollett is returning to the DC Universe for a Black Canary movie on HBO Max. And I'm getting this from Shadow and Axe, so bear with me. The Birds of Prey will live on in some form. A movie spinoff focusing on Janae Smollett's character, Black Canary, is in the works at HBO Max from frequent collaborator of Smollett's Lovecraft Country showrunner Misha Green. The order comes from... Come, comes as a fan campaign lobbied for the film to be a reality. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Green will write the script for the film. Per THR's report, no take on the story was revealed. However, Canary is one of DC's longstanding characters, having been created in the late 1940s. Since the 1960s, she has been mostly associated with the Green Arrow and is known for her ear-splitting Canary cry. Canary now joins a growing stable of HBO Max movies centered on DC characters such as Batgirl and Blue Beetle, as well as a series focused on a black Superman. Um, Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. There isn't much information to be known at this time because fans pretty much lobbied for this to happen. Uh, Misha Green already had ties with HBO, as did uh, Janae Smollett with the uh project lovecraft country of course uh that you know got so many nominations at the emmys and um you know i think this is dope i think that dc is uh making some really good plays at projects that they are moving forward with um in the future however i do think that they are still being very reactionary towards um all of the marvel projects because you know hbo max has been around since last year and and they've only just gotten around to announcing all of these dc projects and i'm feeling like this is only occurring because of the reaction to all of the successful marvel series that have been put out this year so um nonetheless i'm glad that it's causing them or inspiring them to step up to the plate uh and we're getting good projects out of it you know so shout out to him shout out to her and shout out to misha green and let's go ahead and move on. So I wanted to cover this article that I came across really quickly because um, I learned of this term called Black August. And uh, Black August apparently is uh, a revolutionary term. Okay, I wanted to cover this article that I came across because I thought it 
contain some pretty important information about the month of August. And um, I'm getting this from the root, so bear with me. Welcome to Black August. Black August began in the 1970s to honor the life and legacy of incarcerated black revolutionary George Jackson, who was killed during a rebellion in the San Quentin Correctional Facility. His brother, Jonathan Jackson, and other activists who who advocated for prisoners' rights, giving way to the rise of the prison abolitionist movement. Um, Brittany Cunningham, Brittany Packnick Cunningham is an educator, a writer, and the host of the podcast, Undistracted, with Brittany Packnick Cunningham. The lifelong activist joins this episode of Unpack That and starts by offering a bit of historical context in the month of reflection. A man named George Jackson was in prison in California for reportedly stealing $7 and he got a term of one year to life. He died in 1971 inside that California prison. Packnick Cunningham continues. Freedom, uh, freedom fighters, resistance organizations, black liberation organizations have really been taking the month of August not to just honor the memory of George Jackson's life, but to really, uh, but to really challenge the multiple systems that killed him. The system that continues to criminalize black bodies, the system that continues to imprison and enslave, the systems that continue to render our communities unhealthy and over-policed. I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't heard about the story of George Jackson before, and I hadn't heard of the term Black August. But the fact that um, there is a story about this man who went to prison and uh, died in a, in a prison riot um, that gave way to a month that reflects on prison abolition um, is really important. And I really wanted you guys to uh, hear about it as well. And shout out to Brittany Packnick Cunningham and shout out to her podcast and shout out to this article. And let's go ahead and move on. All right, let's wrap with some news about Kendrick Lamar. So, uh, all right, let's wrap with some news about Kendrick Lamar. So, Kendrick Lamar has been largely absent from the spotlight since the release of his last album, Damn. And um, he really hasn't released anything besides that um, outside of the uh, the Black Panther soundtrack. And, you know, it's about time for Kendrick Lamar to make his return to music as sources close to him have been... Uh, hinting at him being back in the studio and him beginning to work on his new new project and we're finally getting confirmation from the man himself through a link um to a website where he says it himself where he talks about how he's producing his last and final album um for tde and i'm just gonna go ahead and read this because it's a really short excerpt um I spent most of my days with fleeting thoughts, writing, listening, collecting old beach cruisers. The morning rides keep me on a hill of silence. I go months without a phone. Love, loss, and grief are have disturbed my comfort zone, but the glimmers of God speak through my music and family. While the world of, uh, around me evolves, I reflect on what matters the most. The life in which my world words will land. The life in which my words will land next. As I produce my final TDE album. I feel joy to have been a part of such a cultural imprint after 17 years. The struggles, the success, and more importantly, the brotherhood. May the Most High continue to use Top Dog as a vessel vessel for candid creators as I continue to pursue my life's calling. There's beauty in completion. 
and always faith in the unknown. Thank you for keeping me in your thoughts. I've prayed for you all. See you soon. And um, he signed off with Oklahoma. I don't really know what that means, but that's also the name of the website. So we know two things. We know that Kendrick Lamar is coming very, very soon. And we know that the next album that he releases will be the final one on Top Dog Entertainment. Um, I don't think that there's anything controversial about this. I don't think that there's any love loss or there's anything, any bad business going on. I think that um, it's just the natural progression of his career. Um, I feel as though he's reached the point in his career where he doesn't really need a label. Um, definitely, definitely not an imprint to uh, house his talent. So, and this aligns with all of the stuff that I reported previously on the podcast about how he was getting the copyright back to his music, um, how he was receiving all of these awards, um, and how he was starting all of these new projects, uh, particularly with Baby Keem and all of those things. So, um, it's all really dope to see. Uh, the natural progression of artists these days taking control of their careers and their music and how they put it out. So shout out to Kendrick and I can't wait for that next project. Okay. All right. Time to get into some new music. Okay. Time to uh, get into some new music. I don't have much here, but, um, I do have that Division and Ty Dolla Sign released a, a collab album. I listened to some of it. I didn't get through all of it, but I did enjoy what I heard. Um, you know, those are two artists that, well, yeah, two artists that I wouldn't expect to make an entire project together, maybe a single or something, but um, I'm not disappointed, and, you know, I don't wish they would take it back. You know, I really enjoy what I heard, but I'm going to go ahead and give it some more spins because it's not the type that you just run through real quick. Sue Surf, he also dropped off his album. Um, I haven't gotten to listen to that yet. I really didn't get the chance to listen to any new music yet. I know that um, Young Thug, he released a single off of his upcoming project called TikTok. Uh, Chef G, Sleepy Hollow, and A Boogie have a song called Run It Up. Wale and Rennie have a song called Red Light, Red Lights, excuse me. Uh, Sway Lee and Janae Iko drop off a song from the Shang-Chi soundtrack called In the Dark. Earth, Wind and Fire have a single out called You Want My Love, uh, and that features Lucky Day. Uh, Georgia Smith and Shabo, they have a song together called My Sister. Mm. Mm, what else do we have here? Trippy Red, oh, Trippy Red released his uh, project called uh, Trip at Night that um, actually doesn't sound that bad. I'm not that huge of a Trippy Red fan, but um, the production on this project sounds really good, actually. It features um, the complete version, features a, a song with Drake that is seemingly going at Kanye, and Kanye's been, um, which prompted Kanye to release a, a screenshot of a message that apparently was a group chat that Drake was in talking to him about how, um, 
he's dealt with bullies like him before and that he's not going to go away and yada, yada, yada. But that's all gossip that I'm not really interested in. Cool and the Gang also has an album out called uh, The Perfect Union. Um, and I believe that De La Soul's discography is set to hit streaming platforms. I'm not sure if it's already here. Let me go ahead and check. But what I do know is that Aaliyah, Aaliyah's album One in a Million is also is um, on streaming platforms currently because her family is finally releasing her discography on to streaming platforms. So shout out to that. Um, the rest of it will be coming soon. They released um, a release schedule of when all of those songs, um, when all of those projects will be coming out. But let me see if the De La Soul, um, nope, still not on here. But I heard that it was set to return to streaming platforms very soon. I don't know how true that is. Hopefully it is. And um, that's pretty much all I got. You know, I don't really have anything else new. There hasn't been, um, it's been real quiet lately, but whatever. That's pretty much it on music. Now, going straight into TV and film, um, Malice in the Palace is on Netflix. I know I mentioned that last week. I have still haven't gotten to listen, I mean, to watch it yet, but that is next up for me. Uh, Marvel's What If. This week's episode with T'Challa was absolutely fantastic. Um, it was great to hear Chadwick Boseman's voice again. Um, and the story was very interesting. Uh, in terms of what if T'Challa became Star-Lord. Uh, he was definitely a much more competent Star-Lord than uh, Peter Quill. And, um, you know, the events take a very different turn when T'Challa is in that position. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but it is a good watch, so you guys should go ahead and check it out if you have Disney+. Plus. Um, I got a chance to catch up on Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty has been... Um, it started off really strong and then I feel like it got weaker in the middle of the season. And I don't know if this is the entire season up to episode eight, but I've caught up and, you know, the past, the last couple of episodes, especially the one with, uh, with bird person was really dope. It was really dope. Um, it was really funny. And I think that, you know, that series is starting to hit a real stride. And as long as they don't keep continuing to do you know, going in circles with certain uh, storylines, then they'll be perfectly fine. But I feel like this was definitely one of those filler seasons where they could explore different ideas without, you know, moving the plot of the entire series along in a major way. Um, the Eternals trailer. So the Eternals trailer finally dropped. Um, they're dubbing it the final trailer because this, um, this uh, movie, excuse me, comes out in November. The trailer looks fantastic. I don't know too much about this franchise or the comics or anything like that, so I can't really give you that much information. But I do know that the characters look good. Chloe Zhao is directing this, and she just won an Academy Award. So, you know, you pretty much have really good, a really good film to look forward to. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really good to know that the next two films um, are, you know, are in good hands because we've already started to receive reviews of Shang-Chi and people are saying that it's visually incredible. It opens a new door into the MCU and um, the fight sequences are fantastic. 
uh, I haven't seen it, but these are all of the reviews that I've heard. And then, you know, you can't go wrong with an Academy Award winning director directing a Marvel film. I, I don't see how that could fail. But, you know, um, we'll see. What else do I have here? Beckett on Netflix. I haven't gotten to see that yet. Uh, Marlon Wayans, a stand-up. So Marlon Wayans has a stand-up on HBO Max. Currently, I can't remember the name of it, but I did get to watch the entirety of it. And it was funny. You know, Marlon Wayans hasn't been doing stand-up for that long. Uh, I think it's only been about 10 years or so. But, um, you know, he's funny. He isn't that funny, but I think that He's definitely getting better, and he's finding his footing in uh, in, in stand-up comedy. And, you know, I think that if he continues on this trajectory, then he'll become a better performer. But I think that some of his jokes, um, you know, are a little too, go a little bit too far in the era that we're in, just because, you know, of respectability politics and all of that stuff. But uh, nonetheless, it's funny. So, I mean, I think that that's what it all boils down to. So, yeah, go ahead and check that out. Uh, And then I have here that Black Panther 2 is adding Dominique Thorne, who is um, who was cast as Ironheart in the Disney Plus series that has yet to be released. And I thought that was really interesting. And I got this from Shadow and Act. So I'm just going to read this off really quickly. As rumored for the past several months, it has been officially confirmed that Dominique Thorne will appear in Marvel's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, as Riri Williams. The appearance will serve her as Marvel Cinematic Universe. The, the appearance will serve as her Marvel Cinematic Universe debut, come ahead of her own Disney Plus series, uh, Ironheart. Kevin Feige told ComicBook.com, "We're shooting Black Panther, Wakanda Forever right now, and the character of Riri Williams you will meet in Black Panther 2 first. She started shooting, I think, this week before her Ironheart series." Um, so there was a rumor that Shuri and Okoye would be making, and this is spoilers. Sorry, guys. This is spoilers for Black Panther 2, if you don't want to know anything about it. But there is a rumor that there is a scene where Shuri and Okoye, um, go to MIT, I guess, to look for young talent in Black Panther 2, and they, uh, run into Riri Williams. I don't think that it's a large part of the film. But they definitely do encounter each other. And I think that that is moving the MCU in such a beautiful direction with Ironheart series in general. I'm so happy that we're getting that as a series. And Black Panther 2, I'm so excited for. Um, I'm I'm excited to see how they uh, honor Chadwick's legacy. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, That's all I got. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up now. And, um... Yeah, you know, it's been cool. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the website uh, for the members-only subscription tier. More interviews are coming very soon, so please support as best as you can. The merch will also be coming very soon. Please look out for that. The shop will be opening very, very soon, so look out for that. And, um, yeah, let's go ahead and let's get into the outro. So, as always, some topics Questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram, the fan base app, and TikTok at Versus Mike History. Follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And this week's sound selection comes from Boldy James and The Alchemist, and it is titled Turpentine. You can get this one on the Bo Jackson album that they both released. And uh, yeah. 
go ahead and stay peaceful and healthy black people. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. I miss and mingle with my gringo It was just me and my dog, his name was Bingo B-I-N-G-O, 3-5, extendo roll Fancy footwork, was tapping on her with my tippy toes Girlie, she a ballerina, boy, man, world after Topanga Told me she loved dirty dancing, we did the Macarena Whipped her back and shake so quick, you would've thought she had a trainer All I needed was a Pyrex pot, a beaker, and a strainer Look both ways before you think of crossing me as danger Jermaine Jerome and Nichols, my defense attorney on retainer Why they searching far and wide, looking for the perpetrators He was just working my line, now today we perfect strangers First come, first serve, first in line Serving birds of the shine, cleaning in some turpentine Off of North M39, way before the kid was Son, I had the best hand, had the royal flush for of a can. What else? Hard times out here. Look where we at. Look where Hard times, got a nigga in all black. We're going the streets first. I'm going jack for that silver pack where it's at. Whoop gang grill with your brill in that 850. Brick a bull dagger, jigging seals out in Bay City. Fuck chiming in, Bo Jackson got that straight drizzy. Club styling in, phone tap line, stay busy. Four phones ringing in the council, I'm a real gritter. Prices cut in half on them blues like a pill splitter. Serving Dorothy Toto, got her heels clicking. Name ringing bills, ain't no such thing as self proclaimed real niggas. Talking all mixy about them raw brickies. Ever since I lost my daughter Trixie, shipping crawfish with that pixie dust, sir. You with even hands. Seven grams to get you in the game. Just bring me a band. Ducking Captain Hook and the pirates of the Caribbean. Fish trying to send me to Neverland on the Peter Pan. But we descend on this private jet. I'ma need a Zen. Sleep before we take off. Just waking up after we land. All money, no Valvoline. I Vaseline them yams. This V-Long T, the only time you gon' see me with friends Helicopter sound like propeller when I swing the chopper Clean a nigga clock, don't know if he a opera, he a fan A1 Yola, Fago Cola, game time and be Peter Fan Selling coke, but at the same time was building me a brand Times and got so hard, need a new line on them kilograms Been fucked up since El Chapo been locked up, they need to free that man Free that man, free that man, free that man